for the dying of the light can this golden generation give us one more great performance welcome back everybody to the road to qatar breaking the lines is podcast and everything 2022 fifa world cup i'm your host rithik sarkar and today we're going to be talking everything about belgium joined today by journalist alexander breckman He's a specialist with an exhaustive resume covering the Belgian national team and all things Belgian football for Bell RTL and his podcast, Dusa Sport. You can catch him on the RTL family of podcasts as well as on Twitter. Alexandra, how are you doing today? Hi, everyone. I'm very good. I'm very good. Confident about the World Cup, you know, a little bit excited too. So, yeah, just a few days to wait. So, I'm, I'm quite happy. Yes, the excitement is what we'd like to hear. Um, so, just... As a sort of general overview, Alexander, what is the country feeling about uh, the Belgium national team right now? I know that over the last 10 years, it's been a roller coaster ride. This is the best Belgian football has ever been, if I could say so myself. Um, What is is the general mood and temperature around the country? Is it expectant or are we just going to have fun in Qatar? Uh, that's a mix between the two. Um, we still have ambition. Of, to be honest with you, we know that our best chance to win the World Cup was in 2018. I think we were one of the best, if not the best team in this tournament. Uh, it was a, a joy to watch with a great football, with a, a perfect uh, balance between uh, defensive players and offensive ones, attacking ones. So it was it was a good mix. Today, we know that Maybe we're not the best team. Maybe we're not in the top five of the teams that can win this competition. But we still, we still want to see something. We still have some hopes because we have some very good players. Uh, we still have a, quite a good team, and the spirit is not the same than in 2014 or 2018 because there's no euphoria this time. Uh, there's just hope. There's just um, excitement. But there's no real goal, you know. Um, no one in Belgium uh, believes that we can win this World Cup. Uh, we, we just believe that maybe we can, but we, we don't have to win. That's the main difference. Um, but everyone in the country still loves the, the Red Devils. Uh, there is something special between Belgian fans and Belgian players. We are a small country. Uh, we never had such a, such a, such a group uh, in the last... Uh, the last uh, 20 years so yeah like you said previously maybe it's it's the best time ever to be a belgian supporter uh, to be to be honest uh, so we are very happy but uh, we are trying to stay uh, to stay calm and if we go to the quarter final or something uh, we be will be happy yeah we will be happy yeah that's um, very interesting i echo you've echoed um everything in my head about Belgium. But uh, I would also like to say that um, they weren't expected to go that far last year. I feel like even though by the time we reached the semifinals, people are saying, oh, wow, Belgium could win this. Belgium could win this. Everyone's at form. Um, I, I remember seeing the lineup and I remember seeing Nasser Charlie at right wing back because Thomas Munier was injured. And I said, you know what? This is going to be what defines it. And I always stick to this and people sort of annoyed that Maybe had Thomas Munia been there, it could have been different. But anyways, that's in the past. Um, want to talk about one of the most important people. Um, we've obviously talked about how Belgium's golden generation has come up, maybe a little bit before him, but Roberto Martinez. He's managed this team for six years, taken them to a third-place finish, and 
I would argue to say he's invariably done the best with the resources at his disposal. Um, obviously, when you see how well they've performed, there's always that expectation of, oh, wow, they could have done better. But you know, at the end of the day, Belgium have qualified for every single tournament Martinez has been a manager of. You've seen teams like the Netherlands. You've seen teams like Italy. Maybe even if you talk a little bit back about England. You know, there have been slip-ups, but it's not been extraordinary, but it's been consistent. Um, but do you think that this along with the golden generation, is Martinez's, you know, last chance um, at the helm or sort of the last couple of, uh, the last um, stint he has with the Belgian national team? Basically, we know that the this golden generation, like we call it, um, is near to the end. Uh, we mm. are realistic. Uh, Hedan Hazard is not playing anymore. Uh, Romelu Lukaku is, is injured. We still have two world-class players in our team, which, which are Thibaut Courtois, of course, and uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, that's the two key players we have. Um, about Roberto Martinez, it's important to know that in Belgium, he's not only um, the coach, he's a technical director. So um, he has uh, like a, a double job and mm. a double role. And that's massive in Belgium because you can analyze what Martinez has bring without looking to what he, he has done as a technical director. Um, when he came, uh, Belgium was a great team. We knew we had the, the golden generation. The foundation is because, now. Yeah, yeah, you know, we, we played the, the World Cup in 20, 2014. We totally missed uh, the Euros uh, by, by losing against Wales. And uh, we all knew that we, we needed something special, something else, uh, maybe from abroad. Because in Belgium, we had Mark Wilmots then. Mm. Um, He's a legend of the game in Belgium, uh, one of the best players we've ever seen, such a, uh, a charismatic guy, uh, very good leader. One of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite 90s uh, Champions League players as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. He played for Schalke, etc. So, no, it was really a good player. And in Belgium, everyone loves him. But in the same time, we felt that he was not the, the great coach for this team mm. because his, his, his tactical skills were too lacking. Too, too lacking, yeah. Uh, so when Martinez came, uh, we were pretty surprised because there were some very big names uh, that were uh, that were approached. Uh, Louis van Gaal, uh, I don't know uh, the anyone else. Ah, um, the one from Roma, uh, Rudy Garcia, uh, etc. Oh my, uh, Rudy Garcia Mar would not have been a good appointment. <laughs> no, 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 no. But at this time, he was considered as a good coach. He was a mm. Frenchman, etc. So. But we, we took Martinez, uh, and then in Belgium it was like, who's this guy, you know? <laughs> and uh, But we were happy when we saw that tactically it changed the game, and more globally it changed the vision of the Belgian football. Um, today, our young players know that to play for the Belgian national team, you have to be better than you were maybe 15 years ago. Uh, yeah. The standards are not the same. Uh, Getting into the national team is more difficult as well. It's yeah, not of course. given it, that if you go to a big team, you're automatically put not in. Not only more difficult, but more demanding. And mm. um, you just have to accept to play for the underage teams, etc., which was not the case uh, before. Almost not the case. Um, <laughs> and it changed every kind of an approach to, between the young teams and the A teams. So there is something special. Uh, and I think that on that side... He has done the best thing we've ever seen in Belgium. Uh, but from a, from a tactical uh, point, we can see now that uh, he has some limits. And I don't, mm. 
I don't want to blame him because, you know, in 2018, he, he has done a very good job. Against France, we could have won it. We could have won this World Cup. Uh, but against France, you know, we were we were beaten by a more clinical team. And that's what makes the, the difference. Uh, we were maybe too, too beautiful to see, but we couldn't kill the game. We couldn't kill the opponent. And sometimes this mentality, we, we still don't have it. Because in mm. Belgium, we're such a small country that's, and it's not only in football, but we still have this, you know, this feeling like, wow, we are facing, we are playing against the best team in the world. What the hell are we going on? You know? <laughs> exactly. So, and, uh, it, and it's maybe that expectation now that, you know what, maybe we should consider ourselves the better team. And, you know, you've talked, um, you talked a good length about Martinez's tactics. And I sort of wanted to come to the sort of elephant in the room that's um, Martinez's trust. Um, yeah. There is, there is, obviously statistically you know back that he has big players and i'm just going to show you some names out here and show you some percentages of how they've played so 11 players have been involved in more than 60 percent of martinez's 76 games as coach mm-hmm. i'll just list them out courtois 70 percent munia 65 aldevireld 80 vatongin 75 carrasco 65 Tielemans 70 witzel 67 de bruyne 61 Dries Mertens, 72. Eden Hazard, 66. Romelu Lukaku, 67%. Now, when I list these names down, when it comes to this World Cup, who are the last of the golden generation who you trust to start? Because there is an argument that, you know, the golden generation isn't what it is, what it used to be. You know, chuck all the young players in, but... The tournament experience that these players have, this is going to be, I think, the third tournament where a bulk of these players to get, play together. You know, the likes of Vertonghen, Alderweireld, De Bruyne, um, Courtois. It's yeah, the first tournament, the first tournament with three World Cups, hmm. two Euros. Um, these guys are massive, you know. Um, I, I think that we, we still have some some doubts about Vertangen and uh, Aldroverald because they are pretty slow now and we are still playing with a, a back three and uh, they're becoming very old but we still have in Belgium a huge problem in, uh, in the back line um, with some good players but no world-class player but you know you, you didn't talk about him but since we lost Vincent Kampany we've never had a, a world-class leader. defense again uh, because he was you're like very, said, very right. You're very, very right. You, he, he was, you know, the best leader we've we've had. Uh, he was leading the team on the pitch, but also out of out the pitch, uh, outside the pitch, etc. So he was just brilliant, a good mm. defender. Physically, he was, yeah, <laughs> not the best, but we we all knew that. He was, he was going to be there. And we saw it in 2018 when he was injured. And then he came back and he played against uh, Brazil, etc. He scored, like, almost scored a goal. Um, <laughs> he's a legend. And in 20, 2020, we were all surprised about Thomas Vermalen, who was a world-class defender too. But uh, we had no expectation. He was probably the best player we've had in this tournament. Uh, I, yeah, I remember his surprised. game against Portugal. Against Portugal, uh, it was crazy. Uh, now he's an assistant coach, so we just have Vertonghen and Alderweireld to lead this, this back line with young players, pretty good players, but young with Arthur Theat, um, Wolf Zeno Fass, de Bast, uh, Zeno de Bast, but Zeno de Bast is still very, very young. young. 
Yeah, yeah. I think for me that the back three line of Belgium for the World Cup was, will be Vertonghen, Alderweireld, and then Dunker, because he can yes, play. Yes, I was going to uh, that. Yeah. Back line, but is he can play as a defensive midfielder too. So these two we have doubts, but the key players with a lot of experience will be Courtois and De Bruyne. Uh, mm. These two are still on a very good level. De Bruyne is a world-class player. Courtois is the best goalkeeper in the world right now. Mm. Um, you can't have any results if those two are not there. We have some problems too with Romelu Lukaku, who's a key player for Belgium tactically because he's the he's the guy who needs to keep the ball up front and to build with uh, the Brown, with the Nazard, uh, Dries Mertens had too. And but there's an argument that that Lukaku and the way he plays for Belgium is almost like he's holding back something for the clubs that he only gives for the national team. Because mm-hmm. whenever I've seen him in the last tournaments, he's either played as a target man, he's played wide, he's run into the box late, and he does it with this scary level of efficiency that yeah, I don't clear. see day-to-day for club. And it's 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 almost like we want to see this national team Lukaku, you know, day in and day out. But I've sort of come to the realization that... It's, it's, it's as, normal it, because the... It's unsustainable. The it's unsustainable yeah, the, for him to retain that level that he has at tournament level throughout. So there's an argument that he is saving his best for Belgium, which, you know, with World Cup time, <laughs> could be the difference maker. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good point. But we can't forget that Belgium team was based uh, to give the opportunity to, to Lukaku to score so many goals. Um, mm. He was one of the players that... We were looking to improve uh, by this uh, three backline system uh, because he has so many talented players around him that can make him uh, play quite differently. And we still have to to understand that for Belgian players too, it's something special to play for this country and for this team because before the stadium were empty, no one was looking for the national team because. <laughs> We didn't. We didn't care. I think we lost against Azerbaijan, against Kazakhstan. We faced Bulgaria, and it was two-two, and we were like, it, it was like a national day. Oh, you, we got a point against Bulgaria, you know. So exactly. right now, for these players, it's also something special. You're talking about Romelu Lukaku, but we have to talk about Eden Hazard. In Belgium, it's not the same player. It's not the same mentality. It's not the same approach because for the Belgian fans, Eden Hazard is a legend. He will, he will always be a legend. No one will, will, will uh, forget him when he, he retires, etc. So for these players, it's special because they know they are the pride of Belgium. And uh, mm. what we saw uh, at the end of the World Cup in 2018 in the Grand Place, when they came back and they celebrated uh, with all the, the people of the country, you know, it was crazy. And we didn't even win. So oh, Lord. imagine if we win the FIFA World Cup today, it will be crazy. I think in Belgium we will, we will have three days off. Uh, everyone <laughs> will get drunk. Uh, Eden Hazard will jump from the balcony. It's, I don't know why, but it will be crazy. And that's the main thing. There is passion in Belgium. There is a. We are a small country, and these guys just put Belgium on the map again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. And it, it's something special. Even Kevin De Bruyne has a big, big, big uh, attachment and. He likes to play for Belgium because it's something yeah. special. And, and I would um, say that he has he's going to be shouldering most of the responsibility of the expectation because he's coming off a great club season. And more importantly, he's coming off some of the best fitness I've seen from him in a very long yeah. time. Yeah, of it, course. He's been very, very well managed. And, you know, it's, 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 
sort of a testament to um, the national team and also, um, you know, to the staff that plays with them. I know that, um, you know, they're very carefully selected because we've um, seen a lot of Belgian players, um, you know, having to basically bow out of World Cups or bow out of any selection just because they've been injured and they've been injured again. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 People like Levin Meschlak. I'm probably Maschalk. You know, he's the 58-year-old Belgian physio. Has had a very, very important um, role in the side, managing um, you know the minutes and the uh, physiology of people like Eden Hazard, people like Axel Witzel, even Lukaku. Um, And it's and it's those are the sort of forget forgotten players that you know are very, very important to the national team. Um, and, you know, speaking of those important players, um, Alexandra, we talked a lot about the golden generation, but I will give you three players who I'm very excited about and three players who I will controversially, quite quant- not so controversially, <laughs> but I will say these are the three players that the next Belgian team should be built around. Uh-huh. And of course, I'm talking about Yuri Tillemans, uh-huh. Timothy Castagna, and yeah. I'm talking about one of the players I think might have a breakout tournament, and I hope he does, is Leandro Trossard. Because, <laughs> the, especially for Trossard, I think there is a very good argument, especially in the group stages, especially against, um, you know, more tighter opposition, possibly like Morocco and defense, that this is the player that's going to unlock, you know, a lot of, um, you know, tired defenses. And, Obviously, there's <laughs> there's a bit of a Premier League bias, but um, yeah, you know, Tielemans and Castagna, along with Wolves, um, they're, they're all from uh, Leicester City, and they've really been able to hit form at just the right time. And Tielemans, obviously, being you know the centre of the park, takes takes sort of some of the creative responsibility away from De Bruyne, takes the progression responsibilities away from Witzel, and you know, Castagna is an engine, especially on that uh, right wing area, the right wing back area, where I would say Belgium are a little lacking compared to yep. the left. And then you have right wing back, central midfield, and anywhere between left wing to left forward in a 3 4 1 2 to maybe even a makeshift center forward. I feel Leandro Trossard, you know, ticks a lot of boxes. And I feel that if there is a chance to extend this golden generation or to extend the ability of the Belgian team to perform at a consistent level, these are the three players that I think will do really well this World Cup. Um, first of all, about Leandro Trossard, uh, I can't agree more. Uh, I think it's it's a great player, but we, we don't have to forget that he's already 27. So to build <laughs> around him is quite a risk. Uh, in Belgium, we know that Trossard is unlucky because we still have Eden Hazard. And even if he mm-hmm. doesn't play, Eden Hazard will start every game on the group stage. That's a guarantee. If he's uh, fit, he has to. Yeah, yeah, but he's fit. Eden is fit. It's just a matter of confidence, of trust, and of time, and of rhythm, etc. But mm. Leandro will be on the bench, but I think it will be one of the biggest opportunity to change a game uh, because it technically is really good. He's quick. Uh, he can score many goals. Uh, he's a team player. And um, in Belgium, we trust him. We have a lot of trust in him, but you don't have to forget the most exciting talent in this squad for me is Doku, uh, who yeah, plays for Ren. And he's only 18 or, or 19. He's a really good player. 
uh, and is the, the only one that have this profile to play technically, to change a game uh, by his speed and by, by his, 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 um, his skills. Uh, his one-on-one on one on one situation is the only player that looks like it and as it was uh, previously. So it will be uh, really he important. He can control will... the pace of the game when he has the ball at his feet. Yeah, of course. And uh, the only doubt is about his physical condition once again. So Crossar will be massive. Yuri Tillemans is already very important. Important, sorry. He's playing alongside uh, Axel Witzel. Uh, Witzel with more uh, of a defensive role, Tillemans to create, to build the game and to give the ball as fast as possible <laughs> to Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, mm. But it's really good to, you know, uh, dictate the, the pace of the game and uh, it's massively important because he, he, he has a, a very good long shot too, uh, etc. Mm. So he's a good player, but we have to say, and I have to say that for me, the biggest surprise in this team will be Amadou Onana. Mm. Uh, because I think this guy, physically, uh, is totally different than the other midfielders we have, and he will. His mentality is really good. You know, he's a fighter. Uh, and that strength has sort of been missing from the Belgian side, especially with with uh, Marwan Fellaini not being part of the exactly. picture anymore. Much to my sadness. I mean, I I will yeah, say yeah. that that man, even as a Manchester United fan, I miss him. He never gave anything less than a hundred percent, and. You know, el- elbows out and push comes to shove. Fellaini is the guy you want his back. So having a new player in that, you know, strength mold is going to be pivotal for Belgium. Yeah, and he's, he's still very young. Uh, he's really hungry because it's his first tournament with Belgium. And I think this guy, he played against uh, the Netherlands in Nations League uh, mm. a few weeks ago. And he was brilliant. Uh, doesn't lose a ball. Always fight to get it back. Uh, good to to pass the ball quite quickly uh, is important, you know, and uh, it's the kind of players we needed again in this midfield because against very strong teams like Germany, Spain, Argentina, France, Brazil, etc., we will need some some kind of this profile, um, and it will be really important. And I think it will be the biggest surprise in our team. And you talk about uh, Castani, um, mm. I love this player. Um, because he's a natural uh, right back, like we say, or left back, and uh, he can play on those positions. Mm. Uh, but I think that Thomas Meunier will be in the starting lineup on the right back, oh, like okay. we can say. And then uh, on the left back, we will probably see uh, Yannick Carrasco or Torgan Hazard, and uh, one of these two. And for Castagni, there is not many rooms. We we tried, we tried uh, to play him on a centre back role too, but it's not his best position, of course. It he really play, is not. Uh, he needs he needs a space like, to gallop up, up yeah, yeah. forward. It's like Axel Witzel, you know, he can play mm. there, but it's not a real uh, solution for Belgium. So, I think that Timothy Kassan will not play that much uh, during the the World Cup uh, because Thomas Meunier has the experience, uh, despite the fact that for me. Is better than Tomamini right now. Um, is is good, uh, good mentality, good team player. Defensively, is better than Meunier, but that's two different profiles. And I think we will play against Egypt on uh, on Friday, and I think he will try both of them and take a decision, make a decision. Uh, yeah, I uh, think from, I think we will. Gonna see. I think we'll see a good number of bench players 
um, you know, getting some minutes against Egypt. Obviously, you're saving, you're saving, you're saving the main course for after the appetizer. So yeah. I don't think I don't think Lukaku has on, or especially the central defensive starters will be risked. Oh yeah, but... yes, yes, yes. Uh, I think during it will be 54, 45 minutes with uh, the A team, the starting team, and forty five mm. minutes without them. So I think against Egypt, we will still see. Vertonghen, Alderweireld, and Eden Hazard. I don't think we will see Kevin De Bruyne. We will see Ahmad Wanana. We will try Timothy Castagne. Maybe, Maybe Bas- Simon Mignolet? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't because, think so. Uh, I love he's, him. He's, a, he's in the form of his form. life right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, he, he, he's a beast. But he, this guy is one of the most unlucky I know because he, <laughs> he played during the period where Belgium has Thibaut Courtois and Thibaut Courtois isn't playable. So, uh, yeah, I think, and for me, if we have to make a substitution, I try Kun Castells. I love him uh, and I think he deserves mm. to play some games. But it's a FIFA World Cup preparation game, so I think it will be Courtois. Um, yeah. And then we will see. I hope that we will see Tiat, Fass, De Bast, uh, Den Donker, uh, Onana, Doku, etc. But we will see, and we will, we won't see uh, Romelu Lukaku before Croatia probably. So uh, mm. we will start with uh, Batshuayi or uh, Openda, but I think it will be Batshuayi basically. Mm. And uh, we can we can still try uh, Charles de Ketelaar too. So we will see. Uh, we have some op- very good players. A lot but, of uh, options, a lot of youth, a lot of experience. But that brings me on to the group, Alexander. We have yep. Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia, and obviously. You mentioned the showpiece fixture against Croatia coming to you on December 1st. But I don't think any of these games are a foregone conclusion. Canada are young, exciting, and much like Belgium were maybe two, maybe three tournaments of maybe four tournaments. Yep, exactly the same. When, pe- when people didn't ex- know what to expect. People know what to expect with Belgium anymore. They're, they're, less, they're less the dark horses and more now like the experienced old stallions with the amount of <laughs> minutes they've played. But um, Canada is a bit of a live wire. You know, they can catch people off guard. Um, and obviously Morocco have pedigree, you know, being able to perform as a unit. Hakim Ziyech is going to be back. Um, and Croatia, much like Belgium, I feel like Croatia and Belgium mirror each other so perfectly in so many ways in terms of their their last generation is coming as well. But they have a number of um, you know young and mid-sized players that are knocking at the door. But it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see Belgium and Croatia, you know, coming head to head. This is going to be you know the overperformers of the last two World Cups, uh, for lack of a better term. But you know, coming into this, um, what are your concerns? What big matches are you scared of? Tactically, where do you think Belgium's weaknesses might lie? Um, tactically, we know that we will be exposed uh, from the defensive line. Uh, uh, if we play against, you know, really quick players, etc., like Mbappé, but like you said about Canada, like uh, Davies or Jonathan David, we will have some trouble. Um, mm. We know that. So, for me, the most difficult team to play is Canada because, like you said, they have nothing to lose. Uh, they are there uh, to, to play. This World Cup is already something special for them. And I quite like this team, honestly. I have a lot of respect for them, for what they've done, how they've worked. And I like their mentality. So, like you said, it was the Belgium of 2014, uh, some, something like that. So, we still have to play play them very seriously. 
uh, and it, it's our first game, and you know that a first game in a group stage of the World Cup is always something tricky. Very um, nervous, lots of nervous energy. <laughs> of course, of course, but maybe in this game our experience uh, can make uh, a difference. You know, with Kevin De Bruyne, Romelu Lukaku, Evan Eden Hazard, Axel Witsen, etc. Those guys know that the first game is not easy, and they know how to dictate the tempo of this game to win it, uh, even off on the on the last minutes. Um, Against Morocco, it's it's kind of a derby for Belgium because we have a, a huge Moroccan community in a, in our country, yeah. and we, it will be a, a very very special one. We are very happy to face them, but it's not the team that I'm the most worried about. I think they are very good; uh, they can play quite quickly, etc. But I have the feeling that if we score one or two goals, maybe they will collapse. That's my feeling. <laughs> um, so let's see, but it's quite a difficult game. And against Croatia, it will be a veteran game, you know. <laughs> it will be between two teams that knows them, knows each other very well. Uh, but did you see the midfield of Croatia? It's world-class, honestly. Uh, these guys... Rakitic, Modric, Brozovic. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Modric, of course, is uh, something special. But uh, these players are different. And I think it will be the team that... We know the most, but mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of them. But I know that, you know, they have something to just disturb us, to uh, control us. And uh, it will be a, a big game between two big teams. But I feel between Croatia and Belgium, maybe it will be a draw. And we will uh, win the two, the two others by our experience. But you never say never. And uh, we just have to... To go to the knockout stage, let's be honest, uh, we have to. But it will be a very good group, and I think that's a good point for us because we will be ready to fight uh, if we go to the to the round of 16. Probably be between um, against uh, Spain or Germany. So or Japan. I'm not. I'm not. Or I'm not. Japan. And Costa Rica have proven um, a surprise before now. You sort of just uh, took the next point out of my mouth as who can a Belgium face, but. You know that that is a, an incredible, incredible insight into obviously the expectations. Getting each team, I think this is going to be a very exciting group. Hopefully, we get some fantastic football as well. You know, there have always been questions around this World Cup, but you know, when 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 the first when the first kickoff happens, all that's put aside, and we support the national teams again. Um, Belgium have always proven to be an exciting team to watch. Hopefully the neutrals will also stand side. Alexander, it's yeah. been absolutely great to have you on. Um, it's been great to learn more about uh, Belgium's younger core. Hopefully, um, you know, the golden generation will maybe give way to a silver generation. Maybe not an expectation of another team taking them forward for 10 years, but this is Belgium. Take it or leave it. Um, thank you so much for um for joining us here today. We will be on the pod with more of the action from the World Cup. We'll be looking at group previews, we'll look at match reviews, and we'll look at everything else with regards to the FIFA World Cup in Qatar. Alexander, thank you so much for your time. You can catch Alexander on um, uh, RTL's various channels. And I do suggest you do because uh, there is no one with more exhaustive and more entertaining coverage about Belgian football. Um, So for me, it's goodbye and good night, and hope to hear from you soon.